There are very few things that investors can do that are free. But what about a podcast that delivers educational content on investing, saving strategies, financial planning, topical items of interest, and maybe even the odd wacky topic? Welcome to Free Lunch. Hosted by Greg Kremitsky and Colin Andrews of the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy, Free Lunch will bring listeners the firm's vast knowledge and experience in dealing with uncertainty to help clients achieve their vision through a deep understanding of what is important to them that requires planning, money, and time. Learn more and subscribe today at markets-work.com. Welcome back to the Free Lunch Podcast with Greg and Colin. Greg, welcome back. Thanks. Nice to be here. Yes, every week. Here we are. Same seats. Greg, I've been thinking a lot about the power of brand and the potential for brand erosion because, well, full disclosure, we actually had a guest lined up for our show today and it became very clear in the moments before we were set to record that it wasn't going to be a fit. So what did we do, Greg? Well, basically, we made a choice and decided that for the most part, while this speaker had tons of experience and was a leader in his field, it really did not jive with the kind of things that we talk about on this show. Yeah, we had to be honest with ourselves, our listeners and our brand and cancel that recording. And I'm really proud of us for doing that because too often over the years, you see examples of people, companies, organizations doing things that maybe don't align with their principles. Right. And, you know, you got to question, why do they do that? And sometimes I think it's just so that they can get it done. As you say, nothing against this person. They are very educated. I'm sure we could have made it work, but it just wasn't going to fit. So today we're diving into our industry, the wealth management industry, and examining this critical topic of brand erosion. But before we get into that, Greg, perhaps we should start by understanding why building a brand is so important in wealth management. For sure. And in the area of wealth management, a strong brand is its more than just a logo or a catchy slogan. It's more about trust and reputation. And as Tim Noonan puts it, trust is like oxygen. You simply need it to survive. Tim, of course, is a former guest on our show, a former senior executive with Russell Investments and an all-around great guy. And in fact, we should have him back on the show again. We should. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, according to a recent survey by wealthmanagement.com, 75% of clients choose their wealth management firm based on reputation and trustworthiness? I mean, that's a significant statistic. It does underscore the importance of brand building in this industry, but there obviously are some key strategies for building a brand in wealth management. For sure. But just to get back to that survey or that point again, I remember when I started in this business, as I mentioned previously, 27 years and I don't know, maybe 70 days ago. But when I was on training for this role, they provided some statistics for us back then. And it was like the main reasons why advisors or why clients stayed with their advisors, they liked them and they trusted them. And so here we are many, many years later and things really haven't changed. It all comes down to trust. So some of the key strategies, first of all, transparency is crucial. There was a study by the CFA Institute that found that 92% of investors believe that transparency mainly about fees and potential conflicts of interest is essential for trust. So wealth management firms should prioritize clear communications to build and maintain trust with their clients. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. And what you said about Tim Noonan, trust is like oxygen. I mean, and in today's digital age, because we are in a digital age, there's something about having a strong online presence and how vital that is. According to another report by PwC, 
67% of high net worth individuals look for information about wealth management services online. So I guess that points out the need to have a well-designed website, an active social media presence, and informative content, which is actually why we canceled our last guest and said, well, we can do a better job today. Yep, exactly. And delivering excellent customer service is non-negotiable. There was a study by J.D. Power showing that client satisfaction with wealth management firms is closely linked to the quality of the service provided. And again, a satisfied client can be a powerful brand advocate. Around here, we say that excellent customer service is basically table stakes. You have to provide that. It's not negotiable. It's a minimum requirement. Yes, for sure. Answer the phone could be the first thing, right? Sure. And do what people ask and just be there for them. So, But that's all about building trust. But what happens when your trust is eroded? The challenges that lead to brand erosion in wealth management. What are some factors that contribute to the decline in reputation for firms and and groups. Yeah, that can be really critical. And brand erosion can result from a variety of factors. One common issue, as you'd expect, given that transparency is so important for building a brand, lack of transparency is a significant issue. And there was a survey conducted by Accenture, previously Anderson Consulting. 53% of high net worth clients said they would leave their wealth manager if they discovered hidden fees. So transparency is essential to avoid brand erosion. Yeah, for sure. One area that gets a lot of attention, Greg, is on performance. Mm -hmm. And there's a point that was made when we were doing our due diligence on this particular topic today. And one of the points said there is an issue with poor performance and that Morningstar talked about how when you underperform compared to the benchmark, clients may start to lose confidence in the brand. Yeah. I have a bit of a beef with that. I mean, I guess, yes, underperformance to the benchmark, but if the market's down and your portfolio's down, that's not going to create brand erosion. No, right? No, not at all. It's if the market's up significantly and your portfolio is flat or negative. Yeah. Well, that would create brand erosion. Exactly. I mean, a recent example of that would be like, and she's an easy target. I think I've brought her up 15 times this last year. Yeah, I hate to think what would happen if you two came face to face. Well, I don't think Kathy Wood of ARC Innovation ETF would know who the heck I am. I obviously know who she is, and I think a lot of listeners would. But she's suffering with this brand erosion from underperformance, or her fund is anyways, because it attracted a lot of money during the pandemic. And now you're seeing a record number of outflows from her fund because of poor performance. So I don't know if it's as simple as saying... Poor performance leads to brand erosion versus poor performance versus the rest of the market leads to brand erosion. Yeah, I think that's critical because you're right. And even as I say, 28 years ago, I learned that most clients stay with their advisors because they like them and they trust them. And one of the main reasons why they leave is very often poor customer service. And it's not to say, as you say, it's not that performance isn't important, but performance has to be relative. And relative performance is something that a good advisor will always be able to explain if the performance was less than expected, but in line with their benchmark or the markets they're invested in, then that's very understandable why a portfolio might go down. But what about when people are marketing themselves as stock pickers, as I know we did an episode a few weeks ago? I mean, if you're marketing yourself as the best stock picker, stock analyst, and you're down more than the market that's going to impact your brand. And the reality is that, as you and I 
fully agree on that stock picking is really hard and I don't think anybody's really good at it. So it's always amazes me that people hang their hat on their ability to pick stocks as a marketing venture. Well, and the implication is that then you should have pretty much good years no matter what. Always. And that's not the case. And what happens is you'll find that a lot of active managers will have a few great years and a few bad years. And that sounds more cyclical to me than it does suggest a method which should work in all markets. Oh, know? no, and they have that the method. Problem. They yeah. have the method. It's called mean reversion. There you go. Right? They just yeah. reverting to the mean. Yeah, exactly. So the other thing is there's regulatory issues. So the wealth management industry is heavily regulated, more so all the time. And any involvement in legal troubles or unethical behavior can absolutely damage a firm's reputation. And a report by the Financial Times found that regulatory issues were a leading cause of brand erosion in the industry, which is understandable. Yeah, that just makes sense. It's a pretty vital point, but it's very easy to follow, right? But there's this lack of adaptation to changing market conditions that could also lead to brand erosion. I mean, the financial world is constantly evolving. I mean, just look at your last 28 years, 70 days and three hours and two minutes, 47 (laughs) seconds. Right. The way he did things back then is way different than they are today. And that's just through evolution, right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Firms or advisors that fail to adapt and innovate, they just become outdated. And this obviously can negatively impact their brand image. I mean, look at things like Kodak. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Remember Kodak? Oh, yeah. I, I remember them. Kodak was a big company. It did not adapt to a change from regular film to a more digital presence, and it went yep. away quickly. Exactly. And in addition to what we've already discussed, we should also consider the impact of data breaches and cyber attacks on brand erosion. In a world where data security is paramount, clients expect their wealth managers to safeguard their financial information and personal information. And any breach of trust in that area can lead to a sharp decline in a brand's reputation. And that happened actually just recently with a couple of mutual fund companies and the providers that they use to safeguard data and to store data. Yeah, for sure. I had an interesting conversation with somebody a few years back. They were quite upset because they got a phishing text message and it had not our group's logo on it, but it had our firm's logo on it. And they wanted to know what I was going to do about that. And it was such an interesting conversation because this was obviously some form of fraud that was being perpetrated or attempted to be perpetrated by somebody somewhere that had nothing to do with our company. Yet this person viewed it as one and the same and said, like, what are you going to do about it? I said, what do you want me to do about a a text scam from Nigeria? I don't understand. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. Yeah. But to sum it up, I guess in that area, building a brand and wealth management, as you mentioned, involves transparency for sure. Having a strong online presence and really just excellent customer service. And on the other hand, brand erosion comes from a lack of transparency, perhaps poor relative performance. Again, the emphasis on relative, just because the market's down, don't expect your account to be up, right? Regulatory issues and this failure to adapt to market changes. And as you mentioned, data breaches. Yeah, right on. And by the way, as we've now gone through the first 12 minutes of this podcast, I realize for a lot of people, they may not exactly understand what brand means. And maybe we should just take one minute to talk about what a brand is. You know, brand is basically it's how a product or service 
identifies itself and puts itself forward to consumers and what it stands for. So you might use Toyota as an example of a brand that stands for quality. And it didn't always stand for quality, but they made that one of their primary objectives years ago. And so if they stand for quality, but they deliver cars that are breaking down, that have high repair incidences and clients are not satisfied because they're in the shop, then that is brand erosion because that does not imply quality. It implies just the opposite. And so when we talk about brand, we're talking about what does the firm stand for and how do you identify the firm? Well, and actually in our case, it's multi-layered because our brand is the CM group. That's our brand, right? The firm we work at has a brand and it's CIBC Wood Gundy, right? Yep. And then the bank which CIBC Wood Gundy is part of, has its own brand, which is CIBC. Exactly. Right? Yep. So in our world, we tend to focus on our brand. What are we doing that's to right. win over clients? And that's what we can control. Yeah, exactly. what service are we yep. providing? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So it, it's pretty clear that brand building and protection in the wealth management industry are pretty crucial endeavors. And wealth management firms, like any other businesses, can face brand issues and challenges from time to time. And those issues can range from scandals and controversies to poor customer service, and they can have a significant impact on a firm's reputation. So let's just talk about a few examples of wealth management firms that have faced some brand issues. And before you do that, we are going to list off a number of companies. We're not knocking any of these companies today. We're just saying these are things that have happened, right? Exactly. And very often having poor customer service or some scandal or controversy can happen either by commission or omission, but how the firms deal with it can also have an impact on how their brand stands up to long-term scrutiny. Did you say commission? Yes. Is that a word? Yes, of course it is. I've never heard that before. Well, omission is something that you omit or leave out, and commission is something you actively do. What about commission, which is something that you earn? Well, and I guess that's a different... (laughs) Okay, so let's just go through a few here. Back in 2016, Wells Fargo faced a major scandal when it was revealed that employees had opened millions of unauthorized accounts in customers' names. That's pretty egregious. And that unethical behavior damaged the bank's reputation and resulted in significant fines and legal actions. UBS, one of the world's largest wealth management firms, has faced several controversies over the years. In the mid-2010s, it was involved in a tax evasion scandal in 2012. It faced a $1.5 billion fine for its role in the LIBOR manipulation scandal. And most recently, just acquired Credit Suisse. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Morgan Stanley, back in 2003, was fined $125 million for providing misleading research to investors during the dot-com bubble, which obviously undermined the trust of their clients and investors. Yep. Credit Suisse, which is now UBS, you just mentioned, had its share of issues, including allegations of helping U.S. clients evade taxes and its involvement in the Panama Papers leak of offshore financial data or data. Goldman Sachs faced criticism and legal action in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis, and that certainly had a negative impact on its brand image. Yeah, but that one's easy because every bank had a negative brand impact during that event. Exactly. Deutsche Bank has been involved in various legal and regulatory issues, including money laundering scandals, which have raised lots of concerns about its risk management processes. Is that frowned upon? That generally is frowned upon, Okay, good to know. Okay, yeah, important to know this before. This is a co-mission? Yes, that's absolutely (laughs) right. Um, And RBC Wealth Management, Royal Bank of Canada's Wealth Management Division, faced a scandal when an employee, David Mullins, was accused of stealing from clients' accounts, also frowned upon in our industry. Good to know, good to know. 
So listen, I mean, these brand issues can vary in their severity and impact on the reputation of the wealth management firms involved. And many of these firms have taken steps to address and rectify their issues, but the damage to the brand image can persist over some period of time. So customer trust is vital in the wealth management industry and any erosion of that trust can have significant consequences. For sure. Well, let's talk about rebuilding that brand though, because it's kind of like when I talk to my kids, when they used to talk to me, because they don't anymore, because they're young adults. Exactly. We would talk about things like they'd done something wrong. And that's all these things were, right? These examples are things that companies had gotten wrong. And what we talked to them about is like, first thing you got to do when you do something wrong is you got to own it. You got to take responsibility for it. You got to let the person know or the group know what you did wrong and you take responsibility for it. Then you got to let them know you're not going to do it again. Yeah. And then you got to make sure that you don't do it again. Exactly. Right? And if you follow those steps, that's the only way you can restore integrity into any sort of relationship. Right? right. Yeah, absolutely. And so the same thing goes here for restoring your brand image is you've got to take responsibility. You've got to acknowledge whatever negative event it was, own up to the mistakes, the missteps, apologize, and just demonstrate accountability. Right? You've got to assess the damage. So understand the extent of the damage that that negative event has caused whatever it was. You've got to review and revise. So conduct a thorough internal review to identify, well, what was the root cause of that negative event? Like in the case of Wells Fargo, the root cause was that there were people in multi-layers that were pushing for these accounts to be open because it directly affected their own salaries. Yes, exactly. Their commission, not commission. Well, (laughs) (laughs) or their compensation. (laughs) You've got to communicate openly. So keeping your stakeholders, which includes customers, employees, and investors informed throughout this process, this recovery process, right? Have a comprehensive strategy, a strategic plan that outlines how you rebuild your brand's image. So it's got to have a long-term vision, values, goals. You've got to highlight positive aspects of these efforts. And you've got to engage your audience, right? So in something called lean production, they would talk about the voice of the customer. You've got to bring them into the step. And social media can be a great place to do that for this. And you've just got to commit to improvement. And along the way, you've got to monitor your progress. But the reality is that when your brand is fractured, when you have done something directly or indirectly and it's fractured your brand, it's going to take a long time for it to get better. So like you mentioned Goldman Sachs in 2008, I mean, the reality is that coming out of the global financial crisis, banks in total had negative brands. That's right. Right? It wasn't just Goldman Sachs. It was everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to be patient because that rebuilding takes time. Because if you look at it now, I mean... Actually, Goldman Sachs has a really good reputation and you've got to learn from your mistakes, which is exactly what I tell my kids. You know that acronym fail, like that first attempt in learning? I don't, but no, I haven't. Oh, I learned commission and you learned fail. Fantastic. This is a a very interesting conversation This is is good value for your podcast (laughs) dollar right now. I hope everybody else is enjoying this conversation. (laughs) But you've got to learn from those mistakes. Treat those negative events as learning opportunities. And then the last item is along the way, you've got to consider professional help in dealing with this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever that might be, public relations, crisis communication experts, whatever it is. I had mentioned that there was a data breach that affected some mutual fund customers in Canada, yeah. which it happened to a number of mutual fund companies who used a third-party vendor for data. For you know, security data. Exactly. <laughs> 
But how they responded, I think, was pretty complete. They advised everybody that might have had their privacy or their personal information available where it shouldn't have been. They contacted them directly. They let them know what was going on, what they were doing to solve the problem. They signed up all clients that might have, or all investors that might have been in those funds and might have been affected with two years of free credit supervision and an analysis to make sure that if anyone tried to get at these people's assets, that they would be notified. So they took steps to minimize the potential impact on their investors and they communicated very openly. And so in many cases, that's all you can do. They took responsibility and they took actions to minimize damage and risk. Exactly. And by demonstrating your commitment to becoming better, a more trustworthy brand, it's actually a chance to redefine your brand and build a stronger relationship with your audience. That's right. right. So I would say, again, to my kids, it's not making a mistake. It's what you do after you make the mistake, yeah. right? Yeah. Things can happen, you know, For and sure. sometimes it may be even out of your control. Let's talk about another accident that is happening right now in front of the world, yes. Greg. Yeah. Well, you know this. I was in Kansas City a little while ago. Yes, you were. I was watching the Chiefs Chargers game for my friend's 50th birthday. That's a sports team, right, Colin? It is a sports team. (laughs) Well, and I know you know it because everybody knows it these days because there's this story that's been going around, a real life new age love story that involves a guy named Travis Kelsey and a girl named Taylor Swift. I've heard of her. I bet you have. Yeah. As has the rest of the free world. Right. And actually, this episode, the idea behind this episode, to me, came from the idea behind this Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift story. Because I've got some questions on this New Age love story. And these, Greg, are my own thoughts. I have absolutely no facts to back them up. Right. Okay. They're just my own thoughts. (laughs) Okay. All right. Disclaimer acknowledged. But ask yourself this. Who benefits from this super public love story, Greg? Well, I guess the participants in the love story. Well, yeah, but outside of that, who else benefits? Well, you tell me. Well, to me, I think that the NFL benefits. Sure. Right? There are way more people following this story that are now watching NFL games, watching Kansas City Chiefs games, basically just to catch a glimpse of Taylor Swift in a luxury box at those home games, which I think is interesting. Sure. I think that Taylor Swift benefits from this as she's also in the middle of a world tour and likes getting headlines to yeah, promote that. Right on. Yeah. That tour itself, I was told, is going to generate something like $2 trillion. Trillion? Trillion. Hmm. Like, that's a big it number. It seems like a lot. Yeah. And so it almost feels like, again, these are my own thoughts. Yeah. It almost feels like it's an arranged marriage for brand purposes. Wow. You know? How's that? Maybe a little cynical, but... A little cynical. A little cynical. But the funny thing to me is I came back from this game... I had no less than 10 people ask me if I saw Taylor Swift at the game. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's the most important thing about that activity. They didn't ask me how the game was, how the tailgating was, what the food was like, how the people were. So listen, did you get a chance to talk to T-Swift while you were there? Well, my common response to that question was, yeah, we hung out before the game and we chilled after. As you'd expect. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Right on. But of course, this isn't true. I mean, she was sitting across the stadium from me in a luxury box. I was not in a luxury box. No. And you could kind of make out which box she was in, Mm -hmm. but that was about it. That's where all the cameras were focused. That's where everybody's phones were Mm -hmm. pointed. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, there was a heck of a game going on in the field. So I was more interested in that. Well, good for the NFL and for Taylor Swift's brands. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Excellent. All right. Is that it for today? It is indeed. 
Okay, well then, till next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Free Lunch Podcast hosted by the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy. To subscribe to this podcast to get more realistic insight on investing or to connect with one of our talented partners, please head on over to markets-work.com. We'll see you next time on the Free Lunch Podcast. The CIBC logo and CIBC Private Wealth are registered trademarks of CIBC. If you are currently a CIBC Wood Gundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Private Wealth consists of services provided by CIBC and certain of its subsidiaries, including CIBC Wood Gundy, a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc. CIBC Private Wealth is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Wood Gundy is a registered trademark of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Colin Andrews and Greg Kraminski are investment advisors with CIBC Wood Gundy. This information, including any opinion, is based on various sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy cannot be guaranteed and is subject to change. CIBC and CIBC World Markets, Inc., their affiliates, directors, officers, and employees may buy, sell, or hold a position in securities of a company mentioned herein, its affiliates or subsidiaries, and may also perform financial advisory services, investment banking or other services for, or have lending or other credit relationships with the same. CIBC World Markets, Inc. and its representatives will receive sales commissions and or a spread between bid and ask prices if you purchase, sell, or hold the securities referred to above. CIBC World Markets, Inc., 2023.